The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push... It can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. Hey, welcome to, uh, well, I guess I'm going to call this a special edition, special episode of Wookiee Radio, Mighty Marvel Geeks combined. Um, so hopefully that doesn't cause an influx in the multiverse because <laughs> we all know that madness in the multiverse is coming. Um, so as long as Chewie's okay, which that didn't play right, all our, all our listeners know I have some cool sound drops and it didn't load because I loaded it before I started plugged in my interface, but it's okay. Behind the curtain stuff. That's awesome. Um, but I have with me author or actually no author. He is an author of several Star Wars books along with, uh, Dr. Who and I believe some Star Trek as well. Mm-hmm. And is writer because there is a difference between author of books and a writer for comics because a writer is more of a script writer. Um, things I've learned in the many years of doing a, a Marvel theme podcast. Um, writer of the current High Republic book for Marvel Comics, which is an amazing book, and I love how everything about the High Republic is working together and that, that's going to be some of the questions that we've got so i'm going to try again chewy are you okay with all this <laughs> he's good um thursday who's similar to our jarvis thursday are you okay with all this still plenty of time to save the day i guess she's okay as well she could be a little sassy um so 
one of my first questions that I've got, um, which I got to get that up. What led, uh, what led to the concept of the High Republic? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the on the show. Shows plural. Um, it's great to be here. Um, so yeah, the High Republic came from a. It there there is a Marvel link to it. Michael Seglane at Lucasfilm, creative director, is our very own Nick Fury. And basically, there was one particular San Diego Comic Con where he'd be sidling up to people. Um, that, that we the now everyone knows the five people involved in the High Republic, me, Charles Soule, Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, and Daniel Jose Older. And he he'd wander up and and say, "We've got a plan for this initiative in in and they used initiative very very purposely um, within Star Wars. Um, it was called the All Stars Initiative. Um, would you be interested? In, you get and it was you have to commit for a few years." And it'll probably involve at least one visit to Skywalker Ranch, which point I was just like, yep, yep, I'll do that. Yep, what? Don't care what it is. Yep, <laughs> when do I go? Do I, do I come now? Do I pack my, my backpack? I can leave. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. So this was a vision he'd had for a few years. Um, he wanted to do this multi-platform storytelling event um, that would run for years as well. It wasn't just, a, you know, they've done they've been doing similar things. Um with Alphabet Squadron um, and, the, right. and the TIE Fighter book that they were doing at Marvel at the same time. They were trying things like with the, um, you know, they'd done obviously the journey to the various right. films. I, um, I, I want to say the last one I remember was the whole, uh, with John Jackson Miller with the whole Knight Errant, uh, where yeah, yeah. he did the book and the comics as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they've de- definitely done things like similar to it in the old EU. Um, but in in the modern canon, they've not really they've been toying with it, but it never really you know there've been some um, some collaborations, but it was testing the water really. Um, but this was going to be a bigger thing. So yeah, he asked us all. We didn't know who the other people were. Um, we we you know that week we were having dinner with each other. We were sitting on panels together. We all had the secret that none of us were sharing, um, and we all agreed to do it and we all got the call that, you know, there'd be a certain week that we'd go over to Skywalker. Um, so for me, cause I'm a Brit, as you might gather from my accent. So I've been, you know, crossing the Atlantic to go Skywalker. And a couple of weeks before we got an email saying, and here are the other four people you're going to be with. Um, and there was a massive sense of relief because it did feel a bit like an Agatha Christie murder mystery. You're going to be going to this big ranch and we, you won't know who you're going with and only one will survive by the end of it. But, you know, there was a sense of, re- sense of relief. That, you know, I know these people. I, I can work with these people. I'm excited to be working with these people. Um, and so that was the beginning. And, yeah, and when we came in, the, the High Republic, as, a, as it is, didn't really exist. We were just given a... Um, a sense of gu- a set of guidelines of things that they wanted this initiative to do, um, and they let it open for that first week of us basically exploring the kind of stories we'd like to tell. Um, there's now that infamous whiteboard that was on one of the early videos, yeah, which yeah. Is the bane of all our lives. <laughs> um, now, what, and it's what, one whiteboard out of 738, you know, would have followed. And actually have no, has no bearing on the High Republic whatsoever because, as I said, we weren't anywhere near the High Republic at that point. And that was just us starting to throw things at a board, you know, the kind of things that we like. Um, and as I said, then there was many, many boards after that. So, yeah, the what became the High Republic grew from that moment. So it, it's all Mike, who's his our... Um, he is our Nick Fury, and we have to get him an eye patch at some point. And yeah, he, he's he's the one who got the gang together, definitely. Now, 
just a sidetrack here. When y'all checked into the hotel there before going to the ranch, was this kind of similar to the, the old uh, Mercury astronauts? Y'all all checked in using the same name? <laughs> no, it's funny because we, we we all came over and I, I was a bit earlier than everyone else and I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was just, and, and we were staying in this hotel outside San Francisco in the middle of nowhere with nowhere to go either. But yeah, it was a, we had this very odd sort of like evening meal where none of us really – it, we had no idea what was coming, so it was a, it was a very nervous meal because Mike was keeping everything close to his chest. Um, and then, as we finished the meal, he handed us a folder. We tell you, it was proper cloak and dagger stuff. He handed us a folder that would have our stuff for the next few days in there, and we all went tootling off to our rooms. Um, and the next morning, got the got the, the bus up to Skywalker. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's the most. He made it one of the most surreal and wonderfully dramatic moments that it needed to be, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that will always stay in my memory because it was just such it was such a, a strange way of, of doing it, but it, it worked so well considering what we were about to do. Uh, what was the process like to come up with the timeline or um, your story arc and how it had to coincide with? Sure. You know, because right now with the High Republic comics. You're at Starlight Beacon. Yes. Uh, Charles was getting to the beacon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Claudia's getting to the beacon. Mm. Um, Oh, I can't remember. uh, For the the one who just did the temple book. I can't remember her name. Justina. Justina. Um, I haven't gotten to her book yet because I've gotten flooded with all the books. I'm like, okay, there's a lot. I'm I'm catching (laughs) up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are asking people to... um, to invest, we realize that it's a lot of time involved. Yeah, I mean, I, so basically, I'm digging it. I'm we have a big it. long timeline. We have a massive long timeline um, that looks like you know a murder. Uh, uh, to, call, to complete the murder mystery thing, it looks now looks like more like a homicide investigation with all these arrows moving in and, and yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was very much so. But to take a step back, what happened was we all in that week. Um, came up with an idea that would fulfill the criteria of what the kind of story they wanted to tell. Um, and we all, you know, broke out and went off on our own and put together some ideas. And on the last day, presented it to the rest of the team. And that team was the five of us, Mike, all the editorial staff at Lucasfilm, all of Story Group, James Wall. You know, it was it was it should have been the most nerve wracking experience in my life because pitching isn't hard, you know, isn't easy. Sorry. It's, it's, you know, it can be terrifying, but it was really easy. Um, I know Daniel's talked about this as well on things. It was because you were, you had been, we had been playing camp star Wars for the last few days. You know, we, we, we'd literally gone and watched a new hope again, the first 4k, you know, when the the 4k um, edition came out, we were lucky enough to be one of the first people to see it in the studio. Sorry, in the theater. With Palpatine's statues from, from the people <laughs> standing at the front, it's the most. Again, it's everything about this is surreal. Um, so we'd lived and breathed Star Wars, and we joked, and we, you know, we we there was there obviously there have been moments where we sort of explained the kind of stories we wanted to tell. Um, but yeah, this came this moment when all five of us stood up um, in front of the whiteboard and jotted down or or presented. Everyone doing it in a very different way. Um, Charles drew stuff on the board. Daniel, it was like a, it was like a drama presentation because he's so um, enthusiastic and and um, he does he does all the voices and he does all and he gets very uh, animated. Um, and so yeah, between all of us, we also presented our story and then asked questions about each other's stories and had to go away from that week 
taken all that feedback and then put it in a document. Um, and so there was these five versions of what became known as Project Luminous that were then sent to the various people at Lucasfilm, the various people at Disney, to, to Kathleen. And and it, we had a second week at uh, Sky, Skywalker. And it was literally, it was the morning I was leaving Britain to go back over that we found out which one had been chosen. But then it wasn't a case of like, that was the story and all the rest went away. That was the beginnings of the story. And then we took elements from all of the different pitches and all the different proposals and put them in. Um, and yeah, and from then it was a case of, we still didn't know at that point who was writing what. It was quite a long, quite a long way down the line before we had our assignments. So I had no idea I was writing the Marvel book. Charles had no idea he was writing the first Delray. Um, we had all of these, you know, we, so at that point we were all just working on story um, and we, we didn't know which part we would be shepherding through. So, so yeah, um, and of course, this first batch of books is only just the beginning. I mean, I, I liken it to um, almost like a pre-title sequence in Bond in a Bond yeah, movie. You know, yeah. it's literally it's literally just the beginning. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so we we we've got this big long document that you have to unroll that you know has has the entire line, timeline for all three phases of the High Republic. Um, and there's some movement in there, obviously, because it's organic and it's got to grow. Um, but, you know, we largely know where all the main beats are and we know how it ends. Um, so we're all working towards towards that. And then it's just a case of working together. And, you know, so we're in constant every day. We're in constant converse, um, conversation in constant contact. Um, we're checking if I do this, what does that mean to your story? Um, if you do that can you do this? Because that would help me over here. And so it, it's, it's constantly growing and evolving like that as well. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I know it's bad to say I'm halfway through Charles's book audio wise. Yeah. Um, because we have Claudia coming on in April, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm rushing through her book currently. Uh, I'm current on your stuff with Marvel and I, and I'm catching, okay, Here's the tie-in, especially now with Into the Dark. I'm catching where some of the stuff that's affecting her story I saw in your book. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, okay, now all of the and I'm and I've heard some of the critiques from different critics, now more pro critics, even other podcasters. All oh, the High Republic. This I'm like, no, no, you gotta get gotta let it breathe, and and it's. And I'm letting it breathe, and as the new element comes out, like like you said, in the Agatha Christie murder mystery, yeah, things are making sense. It's making yeah. the story more complete, and, and I I dove into this full tilt, and I'm loving the High Republic straight from the get go. Fantastic. I'm, I'm maybe it's my age, but I I am full tilt vested in the High Republic. Um. And I think part of it is, too, just like with the Marvel comics in general, when they came back in 2015, cool, I'm able to go fully vested and I could pick up every Star Wars comic there because I had the opportunity to do it from yeah. the beginning. Whereas yeah. trying to go when I jumped into back into comics and Dark Horse had it, I'm like, I'm just going to pick up series here and there because for me to go back and try and get everything is going to be too costly. Um, yeah, yeah. High Republic, I could do that same thing. I can start now, invest slowly as the books are coming out, and build yeah. my High Republic library. Which, which was part of the idea as well, that, you know, it would be a jumping on point for people, you know, this is a new era. I mean, you know, I'm an 
old school Star Wars comics fan, you know, they they were saw me through the years with no films. Yeah. And for Dark Horse, you know, I went all in, uh, more so than the novels, to be honest, because again, then. Like, I know what it's like to be a fan and re- think, hang on, I've only got so many hours a day. And especially if you, you know, when you're in, you're a Star Wars fan and you're a DC fan or you're a Marvel fan or whatever, you know, there's a lot to keep on top of. And it's what we do because we're fans. We want to keep on top of everything. Um, so again, so for me, I made the choice that it would be pretty much the comics and then I would pick up, like you with, with the Dark Horse, I'd pick up the odd book here and there. But um we haven't really seen that in modern canon so far, the, the, the inter- interrelated thing. Um, but we absolutely look back to how they did t- stuff in yeah. the EU as well, as well as also looking at the MCU, which has been a massive inspiration for all of us. I think it's a massive inspiration for anyone at the minute who's doing a shared universe well, um, because it is the gold standard. Well, I, I think with the High Republic as well, uh, big thing for me, my daughter, 11, she likes yeah. reading the IDW Star Wars Adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I haven't collected that one because, okay, it's IDW. She's getting it. If I want to read, she has it. Yeah. Uh, she's, and she's chosen to go with the trade paperback. So when yeah. the arc is done, she's getting the trade paperbacks. That's yeah. the way she wants to do it. I can read them that way. But with the High Republic, as soon as I saw IDW was doing High Republic as well, called my shop. Yeah. Add the IDW High Republic to my list as well. Yeah. I got to yeah. have both. Yeah. Uh, I understand Daniel's is more kid oriented but it's like i don't care it's high republic i gotta have it uh that's how how vested i am with this um so i guess what part of this how excited are you to to be part of new lore new new storytelling to star wars that hasn't happened in quite some time oh it's it's incredible as i said i i'm you know i'm old school i've been a fan of the expanded universe and and expanded fiction all the way through and so to be telling these stories is incredible it, it it's a it is literally a dream come true you know i used to look at these comics look at these books when i was a teenager and then you know uh, early adult and just thinking how how do you even do that and i never thought it'd be possible i mean you know i'm a kid from the uk i'm never going to be part of that scene um so to be actually doing it now and to be right at the beginning and, and for me as well star wars started with the marvel comic for me because i i started re- we had something called star wars weekly over here which every week reprinted part of um the marvel run from the 70s it would reprint half an issue and then it would reprint a backup strip of something that was related this is what marvel right, used to right. do so in Transformers, you had Machine Man as the backup. In in um, in Star Wars Weekly, I mean, it was various things, but the one I still remember is being Star Lord because it had the word Star in it, so obviously put it in Star Wars. But they were very canny um, how they did this. But yeah, so I used to I I read that comic before I'd seen Empire, which was my first film um, in 1980, and so the comics are so ingrained in me. That to be to be telling it through the Marvel, and I said I had no idea I was going to be doing the Marvel. I sort of put a little mini campaign together that I would be doing the Marvel, but I had no idea that they'd just give it to me because I was the IDW guy. I'd been writing Star Wars Adventures for years, you know. Marvel had never right, worked right. for me, so you know it was. I think people expected us to, you know, they expected me to do um, Star Star Wars Adventures IDW stuff. They expected Charles to do the Marvel. They expected Justina to do, you know, the you know, the middle grade, which she she is, but she's doing the YA as well. Um, and Mike right at the beginning mixed it up. Um, so yeah, so for it's it's incredibly exciting, and I get to play with so many different parts, and I'm a real Easter egg 
hunter i love putting this stuff in um whether it's high republic easter eggs or going back to old lore as well there's nothing for me more fun than dragging something out of the you know yesteryear and and back um so yeah it's incredible and and to see the excitement and 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 see the fact that it is you have got people saying so i read the i read the marvel comic and then my kid reads the idw and then we swap and that kind of thing because again that's exactly what we tried to do we tried to pitch it at different ages so you have got different ways in especially with comics we need ways to get kids involved in comics because you know it's not as easy as when we were growing up to get into comic books you know it's just it's expensive they're not on every corner of every street you know it's I think the entire setup of how the comic system works at the minute. It, yeah. When I was growing up and reading Spider-Man or Batman or whatever, you could pick up an issue and pretty much get, you know, get into it without knowing everything else. Right. I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. Um, and I don't think, you know, again, definitely, you definitely can't find stuff as easy as you could. Yeah, I mean, I remember. So we are really going, trying to push. I remember going to the grocery store or yeah. gas station and boom, there's spinner racks or book racks yeah, yeah. comics right there yeah. it's like now you almost have to go to a comic shop to get it you have to yeah and you have to know therefore what you're looking for and it was for me it was a discovery thing so we had said we had marvel uk sorry this is really going off comics tangent but it's what i do um we had marvel uk which was amazing at public printing so much marvel content every week you could get a number of comics um and and some uk only comics like uh, mighty world of marvel which are captain britain and then stuff um dc was a bit more of a mystery because we never really had a dc uk so i remember when i i so i had to go and discover dc and that became like my golden grail you know to go and find it because you couldn't find it so easily and but you could still go and do it you know you could still go into a news agent over here and find the odd copy of green lantern or, or you know whatever and then that would be like treasure because you'd never find yeah, the next right. one so you just reread that and the one i found was something and i know this is completely going off tangent for both your podcasts but it was called dc comics present which was like a bit like yeah, the, um, yeah. brave of the bold and, and yeah, marvel yeah. team ups so superman with amazing books that you just don't get anymore yep. because what i read them because they were superman why wouldn't i read them because you know it's obviously superman but i was introduced to hawk girl i was introduced to lantern i was introduced to metal men yeah all be you know Remember stuff that i would have really struggled to find yeah um and they were very clever it was always seemed to be that superman was in trouble and so hawk girl would have to rescue him and then you go well god if she can save superman she's cool i'll find out more about her you know whatever so um and we had the same with Marvel. So when I started to find Marvel t- team ups, and you know, and Ben, where well, was the thing, and whoever, or yeah. Spider Man, whoever, again, it opens up. We don't get those books anymore, and I think it's a real shame. Um, and I would love to see both the big two going back, and and we've got an amazing situation with Marvel now. We do have that every kid knows who Iron Man is. So where's the Iron Man team up book? You know, where's right. Iron Man teaming up with all the heroes? Big and small, because that's how right. we get kids excited. Well, so. and, and I love how you said for you, DC was a grail mm. to, to find because it wasn't there. Um, I had the same situation. Uh, I lost my dad in 2017, but the year he passed away, I think it was the year he passed away, his last trip to Berlin, because he always went to the Steel Conference for years yeah. in Berlin, the last trip. It was either that trip or the year before. He goes, he always went to the Lego store there in Berlin, always bought back the good European candy, like the Harborough Gutenberg, 
the, the real gummy bears, not yeah. what we have here yeah, yeah. in the States. Um, <laughs> don't, get me on, don't get me on American chocolate and things. Oh, I get quite upset. No, I, I love going to the European grocery stores here in town because they import the good, cho- the good candy, not the crap we have here. Um, not saying all of it's crap here because I am a sucker. No, no. I am a sucker for my M and M's. But um, but the last trip was like he goes, "What do you want?" I was like, "Dad, whatever airport you stop in, or when you're in Berlin, I want a Star Wars comic book." And he got for me. It was the um, Palladium Star Wars comic in German. And I'm right. Like, okay, I I recognize the cover. I'm like, how does this play out? And I realized they take three books yeah. as one book because of they only put it out, I guess, quarterly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, this is amazing. I love it. So now my goal is I would love to, to get a Marvel UK only book like Captain Britain. Uh, yeah. I would love to get a Marvel UK Star Wars book. Uh, I'm looking for it for France. I'm looking for it wherever Marvel's publishing. Yeah, yeah. I want it in that. I want a book in that language just yeah, to no, have in the collection as a grail. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, Marvel UK as a whole doesn't really exist anymore. But, you know, I say it was a real mix and they did everything from like the real Ghostbusters through to Transformers. Yeah. I mean, Transformers is huge over here. And to the point that they didn't have enough issues for Transformers to keep, wow. you know, it going as a weekly. So they, they filled in stories between issues and they had the entire runs. Um, and as I said, then, then you got to the back and it would be like machine man or it would be the Iron Man of 2020 or, you know, it would be something that was related. It was such a clever marketing campaign from their point of view. Um, and yeah, and it was just the right time for me around the time of Secret Wars. Um, and again, we had Secret Wars Weekly, which would then print when it got to Secret Wars 2. Sorry, Star Wars fans, you've, you've stumbled into me just ranting about Marvel Comics now. Um, hey, we're really covering it with both shows. Exactly. You get to Secret Wars 2, they'd print the Secret Wars 2, and then they would go back and say, right, we'll print, we have to print the tie-in from Power Pack or whatever, but we're going to have to go back a couple of issues to because we've got so many issues we have to put out a year, 52 issues a year. So, again, you'd have that thing of, like, you'd be reading Power Pack for a few weeks, and then you'd be reading Iron Man, and then you'd be reading Alpha Flight, and then you'd be reading, and it was just, it was incredible. It was such a great yeah. way of, you know, and a lot of actually talking about Secret Wars, because let's face it, Secret Wars started the entire comic crossover thing that we now live with all right. the time, you know, it, Secret Wars 2 especially. Um, and so all of us who work on High Republic are comic fans, and now, actually, I think all of us now write comics. So a couple of us did go in into this, but now everyone on the team is. Um, and so we kept referencing back to crossovers. We kept referencing back to, you know, our favourite Marvel and DC crossovers and how they work together. And, and, and what the Marvel and the DC comic universe does so well of you know, Booster Gold will drop in or Wolverine will drop, you know, remember that time when Wolverine was in every issue, but you know, but you also have that, also have that sense of like every now and then She-Hulk would arrive and you go, I read She-Hulk in Fantastic Four, you know, that's amazing. It's all the same world. And the fact they know each other and, and it's never anything massive, but it's just that sense of grounding it and going, this is a real place. And that's what we wanted the High Republic to be that if you have got this Jedi order that is very, active and isn't shut away in its cloisters but they're out there with the people that these jedi would all know each other especially at the level of the jedi we're talking about right. you know they would have histories and we didn't want to start at the beginning of their stories we wanted to dive in halfway through so you can go back and then rediscover how avar and elzar 
first knew each other. How, when we introduced Stellan, how that's going to be playing right, out. Right. Um, so yeah, we've, we've, the world building that we've put into it, we probably got a bit carried away at points, but that's the fun of it. Um, but you know, we have the histories of all these characters mapped out. Some of them come as you, as you move along in the, in the Marvel Keeve and, and Skier were only master and apprentice very late in the day. Um, they, they were too, they just had a, they, they didn't have a relationship like that originally. Um, and we added that in and it made sense and it clicked. But yeah, so, but we have, we've been definitely looking at how comic universes work to sit, to take as our okay. cue of how this could work. Okay. Uh, I've got some questions from Twitter um, that I want to ask from our listeners uh, before I hit um, a couple from my hosts and slow, slowly get towards the end. I'm going to preface this now. I, if there's something that can't be talked about, just feel free to say, can't talk about it. Yeah, cool. Okay. Not a problem. The, the trouble is, is it's pretty much everything people want to know. <laughs> it's, right. I feel like I'm going, oh, no, I can't um, talk about that. Oh, no, I can't speak about that. I, I, know, I know we touched on part of this question earlier, um, but I, I still want to put it out there just so our listeners know. I am recognizing the questions. Um, Duchess of Dark Saber Light, uh, she's a great podcast as well. Uh, we had her on the show before she started her podcast. She's man- very Mandalorian um, astute, very knowledgeable about the Mandalorians. Um, she goes, I haven't heard the High Republic authors talk about the early stages of the High Republic's creation, what it was like, which we, we touched on. Yeah. Um, who came up with the initial premise, which we had touched on? It was Mike. Uh, characters? Uh, that was a case of joint, um, you know, so... To, they we came up with general characters and then actually there was moments where Avar Chris is a really good example. So Charles had a character in Light of the Jedi and I had a character, Avar Chris, in the Marvel. And we realized they were following the same path. And so we sent, well, it's the same woman. And so she became the Avar Chris that we now have. Um, okay. So it was one of those moments. So that's why she moves to Starlight. Um, and that's why that path, was chosen for it. Um, other times, individual the, the writers individually worked up a worked up the characters and then shared them with us. Um, most of the Marvel characters, I think I, I came up with. Keeve was in my original pitch. Keeve was um, before it was the High Republic. Keeve was was that was there. Um, she's always been a part of it for me. Um, so usually, unless there's Usually the first person to write them is the person who came up with them. There are a few cases okay. where things are moved around. Um, but that's usually how it's been. Um, was, which answers to part of the last half of the question. Did, was it a collaborative process or did everyone think up their own ideas, plug everything together like a puzzle, which you just answered? It's um, absolutely a collaborative process. We've got, um, we literally talk every day still. Did any of y'all push for the High Republic? Uh, this is from Roll the Galaxy, uh, another great Star Wars podcast. Uh, and we've had them as guests on the show as well. Did any of them push for the High Republic to be similar to Shadows in the Empire? It was mentioned, definitely. Um, I think because of the very nature it was going to be, it was going to be mentioned. And, you know, and it was it was referenced very early on in the process. Um, I mean, and personally, I'm hoping out for a, soundtrack album because i listen to that soundtrack all the time um so yeah i mean i again it was around the time i was all in you know i've got shadow of the empire the shadow of the empire's luke um action figure is one of you know one of my favorites yeah. right up there with 
Dark Empire action figure. Um, I'm staring at I'm staring at my shadows in the he's in my Chewbacca cube. The shadows of the Empire Chewbacca bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. I love him. Um, I love him. And I love the fact, yeah. Oh, that's it's just thinking back, it's amazing. And you know, I played the game on the N64. I read the comics. I listened to the soundtrack. I still listen to. I think I've owned the soundtrack in just about every format it's come out in. Um, to the point I haven't got the LP anymore, and I'm thinking I, I'm I'm just about dropping back into records, and so I'm thinking I'm going to have to go back and find it. Ah. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would love there to be the entire merchandising arm of it as well um and i think we we're all star trek star wars fans so we absolutely have creative stuff in mind with toys because it's what we do it's my mail's open and i can't shut off the sounds for it um no, i thought that, that was disney saying don't don't stop talking <laughs> um i know for me you know like you said i would love a soundtrack inspired by the books yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Um, yeah, he mentions uh, the movie or love or, or live action show, um, whether it's live action or even animated. Um, and he goes, I can, I know I can also handle some Hasbro figures, which I, I'm the same way. I, think I, we I, 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 I could, whether it's Hasbro, Diamond, whoever, I, I, I want figures yeah. for, for High Republic. Yeah. Um, you know, there's talk of Ryan Johnson doing a trilogy. It, is there a little hope that if he does do High Republic, he doesn't mess with y'all's characters, but comes up with something that interrelates with y'all's characters, just so it doesn't mess with y'all's continuity? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the one thing we've said right right from the beginning is that this what the area we're looking at is pretty much ours at the minute. Um, okay. I mean, I've been doing this job long enough, 20-odd years, to know that when a film comes along and if something needs to happen for a film, all the other media will fall into to place. Um, that's just the way of the world. But we're really trying to ring fence stuff and set in within the canon we're creating. We're trying to set in flexibility. So if things do happen, we can move with it. Um, I can't comment on future plans for anything. Maybe right, right, right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to see some of the High Republic um, concepts and characters transfer over. See, um, I, th- I think this is a situation with High Republic where I want to see the opposite. I want to see the right. movies adapt to what y'all have already put out and that force you guys oh. to adjust. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I think forcing y'all to adjust could skew y'all's plans f- for the yeah, for mean, the different phases, different acts, too much. Yeah. And no, I, I'm liking the, the thing, direction. Now. We have got we have got Lucasfilm have been involved in it all the way along. A story group are involved in it, so you know the plans are there. And and I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, okay. Definitely not in the next couple of years. Um, this one, I don't know how much you can answer. Uh, right. This is from the Dave M. Jones. During the High Republic era, are Sith more of a fable or a legend? than anything that needs to be worried about in the intermediate. I can't really comment, but and the, are they mentioned? No, I mean, you, yeah. really, you know, uh, into the dark, they take the, they take the idols back to, yeah. the, to the, the, the one, the foundation points of this Jedi temple, which I never realized. And I'm guessing this was created and made canon with y'all with the high Republic that the temple's 
built on an old Sith temple there in Corsican. What the the main temple? No, I mean that's that's a, that's old old canon. That is that's I, um, it's. it's I, it's yeah, I never yeah, we, really that's the kind of stuff to. we dig into. I mean, my, personally, again, this is me taking my hat off and 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 just talking personally about all this stuff. I don't think you can ignore the fact that sisters are there, but you're also in a period of time where the Jedi can't know about them, or they can't know that they still exist. Right. Um, know that from the prequels, you know. But they would have been such a big part of the Jedi history that certain Jedi would know exactly what a Sith is, but they're the bogeymen. They're, you know, they're, they're, they are ancient history for all these Jedi. They're that, that thing that happened 800 years ago. It'd be like us, you know, talking about, you know, the Romans invading Britain. You know, it happened, and we've still right. got the, you know, the, the, the Roman mounds, but, we, you know, we're not going to bump into a centurion um, when we wander down to the shops. Uh, this is from Kylan, who's one of my co-hosts here on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh, and actually, my the questions I got from my host both come from my Mighty Marvel Geeks crew. Uh, Kylan asks, what was your source material? Uh, did you look at any of the Legends material for guidance? I look at everything. I mean, I, no one listening can hear me, but there are just bookcases of Star Wars books yeah. behind me. That, yeah, and I, 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 I'm absolutely, because I'm a, I'm a Legends EU guy, I, I absolutely look to it. You know, we have the opportunity of not, you know, slavishly following, but I definitely want to tuck into it. I mean, so I, I went back and read my, one of my favorite comics of all time in Star Wars is Star Wars Republic. Um, yeah. The Clone yeah. Wars. The yeah. Clone Wars. Um, especially some of the stuff, you know, when you get into the sort of main Clone Wars battles, I think some of the best Jedi stuff is written. Yeah. Knights of the Old Republic, we mentioned Johnny you know, um, earlier on. It's, I reread both of those series and Tales of the Jedi as well. Um, just because we haven't really seen Jedi within um, within modern canon in the same right. way, right? You know, so yeah, absolutely. I always go back, and I, you know, I, and I still do. You know, I, I, there's there are gaps in my knowledge and gaps in my collection. I'm still going back. I've got the um, Lost Tribes of the Sith, which I never read at the time. Um, I've got the short story collection, which has arrived the other day. So I'll be diving into that. So yeah, I'm I'm forever taking bits and bobs um, uh, and. I'm slowly piecing uh, my collection of uh, Star Wars Rebellion and Star Wars Empire. I, yeah. I have some holes in that that I need to get fixed. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm doing and, the, I, need, and I need a complete Night Errand as well. I mean, the good thing is now you can read it through Marvel U, uh, yeah. Marvel Unlimited. And obviously, still want there are certain things I still want to have. So, oh, yeah. um, I love that at our fingertips we have everything now that we can yeah. pretty much dive in. Um, so yeah, no, I absolutely look to the past as well as look to what what's happened since Disney bought it out as well. Um, you know, so there's that's part of the joy of this is that you can say, okay, so I'll take that thing from the sequels and we'll move it into this, and then we can invoke that thing from the EU, and you get right. something more interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm always looking to various and looking to sort of like the sidelines of Star Wars and the weird elements of Star Wars, the bits that. Like the Marvel comics, you know, some of the original right. run. There's some weird stuff in there, um, especially when you get to, like, the Alan Moore stuff that, you know, no one really talks yeah. about. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I always look back to those those books. Um, and then Kylan's last question was, what was off-limits for the series? I can't really say because it would be, most of it would be spoilers. I mean, what they did at the beginning when we, we talked about stuff, um, they gave us a general rundown. So this is pre-Mandalorian and pre 
app nine pre Vader's Vader VR. Oh yeah, and yeah. Before, so before we started, the first part of the morning was them. It was called the Loose Lips Sync Starship Session, and they basically <laughs> told us what Mandalorian was, and they told us what's happening in Act Nine, and they, you know, they explained all. The, so again, we we didn't go. We didn't then go. I tell you what, we should do. We should do about a bounty hunter as to as a Baby Yoda. Um, actually, we did pitch Baby Yoda um as a as a little idea and that's then when they went okay we'll tell you a bit more about what's happening at the moment. <laughs> um, and oh, so oops. yeah so we were yeah but that happens all the time we're forever pitching what we've you know i don't think it was actually baby yoda we were pitching, but we were pitching a infant yoda and they all looked at each other and went yeah we can't do that so it was stuff like that that was happening elsewhere um and um, because they sort of knew what time period they wanted to be Sithroff the table because Sithroff the table um, pre Darth Bane. Um, right. Didn't mean we tried. We didn't try. Okay. Uh, Eric um, asks, or he's got a couple questions as well. Uh, Lucasfilm says you could pull any Legends character out of the vault and make them a subject of a new series for Marvel. Who do you pick? <laughs> well, I've already made a little career of doing Jackson stories for IDW, so I can't really choose him. Uh, maybe Mara and, Jade. And I, and, I th- and I thank you for bringing Jackson back. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, it'll be, yeah, Mara Jade is the pinnacle. You know, everyone wants to write Mara Jade. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and then you I mean, have- George, I would also love to do a proper Sith Empire KOTOR-inspired oh. um you know, that would be my, for me personally, if I could choose anything, I'd be going straight back there. Okay. Uh, and then you have worked on some Doctor Who material and Marvel yeah. has had some experience with the franchise, mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. notably the title run in the mid 80s. If they mm-hmm. were to partner up again, would you be interested in being a part of this project? And if so, which doctor or doctors would you like to tackle? Well, the, I'm I've been very lucky that I've I've written every doctor except for the current doctor. So there's part of me that would like to write her. Um, I would like to, I I want I would love to go back and I I had an ongoing series based on the ninth doctor, the Chris Eccleston doctor, and we got it. We didn't make it um, through to the second season of that, so I'd love to finish off what we were doing. I mean, my—I was an '80s. I was grew up in the '70s, so you know, Tom Baker was my doctor. But I, you know, I, I became Thank a you. fan during the '80s. So um, I don't think I've done enough with the '80s doctors. I'd like to do something a bit more. Well, again, I love that time when Marvel was doing Doctor Who monthly, and that, yeah. you know, Death said Death said one of the greatest things Marvel ever did the robot bounty hunter sorry peacekeeping agent um he started in transformers they wanted to give him his own series so and he's the size of a transformer so he's huge right so what they have to do is they t- they he, he, he jumps over to the doctor who comic where he meets the doctor who uses the master's weapon to shrink him down to human size um and then goes off with his own series then meets up with the doctor again who drops him on the top of the baxter building because that's how comics worked then, right? Right. You know, so right. it was. Um, that's how DC, That's how they, Marvel. You, you know, ran Deathhead from from a Transformers character through to making him part of the Marvel universe via the TARDIS. I love that. That's just incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I, I. There's one. The one thing I've always missed, and I really wish had happened, and it, I'd love to write it. But around the early nineties, there was a pitch from Marvel UK to do Doctor Who and Doctor Strange together as a miniseries. Oh, and I. 
I really wish we'd seen that. I really wish we'd seen that. And if you yeah. go to the website no. or down the tubes and they've got the pitch for it and it looks incredible. Now that you say that, I, I want, I'm not a big Doctor Strange fan, but I would read that book just because of the oddity. Yeah. I, I'm the guy on Mighty Marvel Geeks who, when we do our picks of the week, I go after the oddballs, like Dupe, mm. like um, mm. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Gwynpool, yeah. you know, the odd books. Yeah. Um, that, that's my thing. I'm a huge Howard the Duck fan. Um I'm one of the few who actually enjoyed the movie and owned several <laughs> copies of the movie. Um, but it, it sounds like we're similar in age because you say your doctor that, that you like is, is Tom Baker. Yeah, he was, he was the doctor growing up. So. Um, for me, uh, especially during the 80s, it was my dad's Saturday nights was go, you can stay up as late as you want. I'm watching my Doctor Who. I'm watching Doctor Who on PBS, and I'm gonna go to bed. So the two, the my I who I consider my two doctors is is Baker and Peter Davison. Yeah, because that's who I watch. I remember watching the most with my dad. Uh, yeah. I remember watching some of the earlier Doctors before, and you know, and, and Colin later, and I'm like, okay, cool, but. The ones I always get excited about is, is Baker and Davison. It's the Davison. ones when you grow up. It's the ones yeah. where you grow up. And, and, and I said, for me, it's the ones where I was probably, Doctor Who was everywhere when I was a kid. It was like Star Wars. It was like James Bond. It was like yeah. in the 70s. That was just part of life. And it was huge when Baker was the Doctor, and it was huge when Davison was the Doctor. Yeah. And I probably became a fan increasingly through the 80s so every time and it because yep. by that i mean i'd get the magazine i'd get the comic i'd get the, the novelizations i'd get the you know what very few toys there were then um and so by the time that colin comes around and you have that period of time where it was on and off the air i was all in on the comics the comics yeah. from colin's run as a doctor with john ridgeway as the artist is just they are just amazing they're incredible and i think that's what tipped me over to being a fan and i used to write fan fiction and all that kind of thing it was all around that time so, um and if it wasn't for that i wouldn't be doing what i do now somewhere so I have, somewhere i had my dad's uh canine action figure because hmm? he had he yeah. had the canine action figure he he went with me to the comic book shop saw that they had the action figures and uh, i think he picked up uh colin and and canine and yeah my brother ended up taking Colin. i saw them like canine's mine <laughs> I was at the store. And he goes, "That's fine. I'll take the doctor." I said, "Cool. I like Colin, yeah. but I'm not a major Colin fan." No, um, no. Was it this one? I'm just going to reach up to my shelves. There's this K9 figure, which is wonderful because it's green. Because yes. what they did, yes, that's um, it. The picture, the picture they had of K9, <laughs> the, it was the, the the light was reflecting off the grass. So the people who designed the toy thought he was green instead of yeah. grey. Yeah, and I love that. I love the fact that um, there's a green canine. He actually looks very cool. Yeah, he's um, but awesome. yeah, I'd love to do more. I, I've not done as I've done a little bit. I've written for Tom on the audios, um, which is one of the best experiences of my life to actually hear Tom Baker say my lines as the Doctor is just oh, that's my very part. cool. Um, but again, I'd look, again go back to those early the Marvel Dave Gibbons run uh, of the you know the the, the Fourth Doctor. Um, with K9 and they do the the werewolf stories and the da amazing Dalek story. Oh yeah, it's um I'd love to go back and explore. Um, I don't know if Marvel would ever get Doctor Who back, but um, if they did, I'd like to think they would still do the thing of having the Doctor turn up in Marvel comics because I used to love. I mean, again, as a fan, 
the TARDIS can go anywhere, so why can't he turn up on the top of the Baxter building? You know, it's like that makes total sense to me. And I didn't even question it back then. Um, the crossovers are, uh, uh, the possibilities are endless. Okay. Um, so I guess my final question I've got, uh, how much did the pandemic slow things down on y'all's end? And did it allow you guys to fine tune and create more content for the launch? Um, it was, well, because I think everyone knows we were ready to launch it um, in August last year. And then, yeah, the world ended. Um, so we had to put stuff back. Um, what it actually meant was that we were able to add things. Um, we didn't so much. We did a bit of fine tuning. I think the Marvel, because Marvel series came to a halt because at that point, Marvel wasn't commissioning new things because they were they didn't know how they were going to sell them. So, you know, it was a case of you know Marvel trying to work out what's the world going to look like for comics. Um, so we had a little bit of a halt there, but we were still, the plans were in place. It was just more of a down tools for a bit and then go back. Um, with the rest of the stuff, it was more cause we had the launch in February in LA when we launched the concept and it was literally a week before. I think I, I arrived back in the UK and then two weeks later we were in lockdown. It was madness. And so, yeah. um, but what had happened was the launch event had gone incredibly well better than I think anyone thought it was going to. Um, and the response to that little tiny trailer we had um, of, of us talking about what it was going to be blew up. Um, and so what happened when we had the pandemic, and we worked through the pandemic, um, we just got ahead a bit. Um, more people arrived and said, I want a bit of the High Republic, more element, more parts of Disney, more parts of the other licensees and, and that kind of thing. Um, so actually, we got opportunities to do things we, we wouldn't have been able to or have the time to do because it meant we could take a pause on some stuff and do it and work on that, whereas otherwise we'd been going full throttle to get to August. Um, so in a way, it worked. For me, one of the biggest things is we came out after after a certain Jedi returned at the end of Mandalorian, which I, I still maintain is one of the best things that happened to us because we launched, you know, the launch actually happened two weeks after the end of the Mandalorian when the entire world is buzzing about what they've seen in that final yeah, episode. And, yeah. is, and we see the greatest Jedi being the, the ultimate Jedi in those few, in those few scenes. I don't, I personally think that did us so many favors because Two weeks later, we went, if you like that, there's more Jedi here. Um, I think we, because again, we would have been out before that. And I think I think that timing worked in our favor so much. Um, and I'm very glad that, that we had that second series of Mandalorian to really get people excited again. Right. Um, and then we launched with all our books. Um, so i got to ask, the ending to Mandalorian with the announcement of yeah. Book of Fett, did you appreciate the uh, Conan the Barbarian-esque inspired vibe to that ending oh yeah i think i by that point i was just jumping up and down in my chair I mean, you know, there are certain there are certain things i knew were happening certain things i didn't don't think i expected uh i suspected and you know as soon as the the x-wing showed and as soon as you saw the black glove i was i mean yeah my my favorite film to this day of all the star wars saga is um, is return of the jedi because oh, wow. again that was empire was my first i saw Return right. of the Jedi tipped me over the edge. Because Return of the Jedi is just packed full of monsters, and I love monsters. Um, and it's packed full of aliens. And I think Return opens up the universe in such a big way. Because you right. get Jabber, and you get the palace, and you get... And also, Luke has never been cooler as he is in Return of the Jedi. When he first walks in in his black suit, you're just like, 
you are the coolest Jedi of all. Of course, that's what a Jedi looks like. Um, and so that entire last ep- that last episode being so Return of the Jedi influenced as well, I, I was beside myself, you know. So I'd, I'd gone through the thing of Luke being back and being that Luke. Um, and then to go to Jabba's palace and I was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, just, just, yes, I'll watch it. Um, because, yeah, it, 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 it hit all my buttons of what I wanted to see at that point. So, yeah, I, um, I, I'm very interested to see where that's going. Awesome. Well, I'm going to ask, is there anything that you want to put out there that I didn't ask that's safe to talk about? <laughs> that's always the problem. Um, <laughs> well, I, mean, I thank everyone who's been supporting because, I mean, the, I don't think, again, we really were prepared with how much, especially with, like, the, the comic, both series of the comics has gone down so well. The fact that we're on third printing for issue two and second printing for issue three before yeah. issue three comes out. Yeah. It's insane. It's just, new issue one was going to be big. And then, and then how big it's going to be. And that was what, third printing before? Yeah. It, it ended up garnering a third printing before it came out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now we're on fourth print for that one. And it's just, the excitement and it's, it's been so gratifying. So a big thank you. I mean, yeah, I mean, just stick with us, stay around because we are only at the beginning. Um, there are more things to come. I've got my, Novel, The Rising Storm, coming out in July, in June, sorry. Um, and a graphic novel um, coming out later on in the year as well with Rachel Stott and Art. Um, so a, yeah, it's, a, high, it's be a, very, a high Republic graphic novel? Yeah, it's called The Monster oh. Temple, Temple Peak. And we've not really said anything about it on the show the cover. Um, and we haven't even said when it's coming out. Um, Rachel's working on it at the minute. I worked with Rachel again on Doctor Who uh, for Titan. Um, and she's amazing. And so it's really exciting to see her exploring a, a part of Star Wars as well. Um, so yeah, we're, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be around for a while. So stick with us, um, and keep telling us why you're loving it because, you know, it's, it's good to know and it's good to hear obviously, but it's also, you know, we like to know what's working and we like to know what characters are, are chiming. We've, we've introduced so many characters. And the ones that we thought were chime are chiming, and there's been a couple of surprises as well. So that's so yeah, just keep talking to us and letting us know because it's um it's a growing process and it's an evolving process and it's going to be around for a, it's a long ride, the High Republic. Um, so yeah, just keep in touch. Where can people find you online? Um, so my website is kevinscott.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at Kevin Scott, and I'm on Instagram um, at Kevin Scott Writer. So they're they're the places to find me, really. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us for this special episode of Weeby Geeks, of not Weeby Geeks, of Mighty Marvel Geeks and Wookie Radio. Weeby Geeks is my flagship show uh, that (laughs) that I've been running about eight and a half years now. Um, But this is Mighty Marvel Geeks. This is Wookie Radio because we're covering Marvel and covering Star Wars. uh, And you write for both. Um, Yeah. Check out his works. You can find his works anywhere where you buy books or comics, be it Amazon, Comicology, uh, Marvel through their subscription service. If you don't have a brick and mortar store near you, um, if not, I, I, I like recommending uh, Midtown Comics online. They're real good about shipping stuff out. Um, books a million, Barnes and Nobles, wherever. Go check check out uh, Kevin's books. 
um, both the High Republic and the older stuff and check out his Doctor Who stuff. Um, Because I know Eric will definitely say the Doctor Who stuff is worth it as well. I have not gotten into the Doctor Who novelizations yet, but I may have to now. Um, (laughs) I suppose the one, it will be remiss of me if I didn't plug as well. Um, I have a creator owned comic called Shadow Service with um, Vault. And if you like my Doctor Who stuff, if you like the more horror tinged elements of my Star Wars stuff, that's a a horror spy story that you might want to pick up as well. Oh, awesome. So go check that out as well through Titan Comics. Um, and on that note, I say thank you, Kevin, for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I think the only thing that was missing is uh, we both didn't have a cup of tea to enjoy. I know. This is, this is actually unheard of. I, 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 I love my tea. I, I, I have definitely um, – one of my favorite from, from Twinnings is the Prince of Wales blend. All right. I yeah. love I love it, but I'm trying to find a good. Uh, I had a good Scottish breakfast tea. I need to find another one someplace right. local where I could get a good Scottish breakfast. For some reason, I can't do English breakfast after eleven. Oh, okay, I can't oh, drink God. it after eleven. I could drink it up to eleven, but after eleven, my body goes, "Yeah, no." So I go to either <laughs> Irish or when I got a hold of some Scottish, the Scottish uh, those I could drink any time. I don't know why the English I can't I can't drink before or after eleven. Try but, Yorkshire tea. If you can get ooh. Yorkshire tea, tea. Oh, Yorkshire tea is just a good old. You can drink Yorkshire tea no matter what day, what part of the day it is. It's um, it's my tea of choice. I, I do love lots of different teas, but a good cup of I'm Yorkshire gonna, tea. I'm gonna have to find find Yorkshire. Yeah. The other one I'm, and this is another tea grail for me. My I have ancestors from Wales. I would love to find a good Welsh. Okay. Native tea, a tea that's yeah. native to Wales. I don't I, know, actually. I just haven't discovered it yet. No, that's no, my new. That's know. my new grail outside of that's your new stars. grail. There we go. So, uh, thank you again, and thanks, Mike. Until next time. is Mark McCray, and I'm the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. I'm Dan Klink, co-host of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives features programming trends from the 1966 television season all the way through the last hurrah of the early digital age of the 1990s. On the show, if it's animated, we talk about it. Order your signed copy today at tbsool.com. And listen to the podcast at esonetwork.com and all podcast platforms. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.